business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money moves. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Mansell. I am your host, and I'm joined in this episode by co-host Leah. Hello. She's back again. Welcome back. We have a uh, a very interesting topic that I just, I had to get you in on this topic. Couldn't do this one solo uh, because I think you're going to provide some uh, interesting perspectives yep. and some interesting insights that the viewers are going to enjoy listening to. Leah, the title of this show is I Don't Have Time. Right. This is one of your pet peeves. Ah, oh, shit think, the bed. I think I'm sitting here because I've heard you harp on about this sort of thing for yeah. years and years and years. Years and years. years. A little bit, little bit of… Um, background to the years and years about this. So uh, one of the things that I have in this business, in Massive Joe's and TMJ Apparel, is you will not hear anybody in this building say, I don't have time. Uh -uh. It won't happen uh, because I've been so pedantic about using that as a cop-out excuse. And my uh, request, uh, my demand, I should say, is that whenever you are about to say, I don't have time, for example, you haven't been able to complete a task on time and your, your inner dialogue is, well, I haven't had time or I didn't have time or I don't have time. Or, Pause, I, ran time. or I ran out of time. Pause and say, it wasn't a priority or it hasn't been a priority or it wasn't a priority to me because that's the truth. So a few years ago, I'm going to say it was like, I don't know, 2018, 2019, I articulated this concept in a, a social media post. I think the first place I posted it was on Facebook. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of my most shared, most impactful social media posts. And I tend to post it like once a year now, I reckon. Uh, and the post goes along, it's, it's along the lines of that... No, something, something, no, something sets me off, and I'm like, like, I got to post that shit again, right? I got, I got to post that shit again. And the, the, uh, the message behind the post is exactly that message that we just discussed. When you're about to say, I don't have time, pause for a second, and instead say, it's not a priority because that's the truth. The fact of the matter is, we all have the same 24. How we decide to use the 24 is up to us and us only. So this I don't have time excuse is a bullshit excuse and it's a cop-out excuse. And if you find yourself in a position where you're justifying inaction or justifying not prioritizing, that is the, that's the truth. The truth is it wasn't important enough to me for me to dedicate the portion of my 24 to getting it done. It wasn't a priority. That's the truth. So. I reposted that uh, last week. <laughs> this is my yearly, my yearly repost. I got inspired and I reposted it. And it got shared a couple of hundred times on Facebook and a couple of hundred times on Instagram. And every now and again, I, 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 I like to dive into some of the shares and read some oh, of the comments. You should, shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, nah, I shouldn't do it. But sometimes I get sucked into the social media vortex. Um, and, you know, most of, the, most of the, the comments are always positive. They're like, oh, shit, I've never thought of it like that. Um, you know, I need to get better. 
better prioritizing and, and you know, generally well-received. There are always a couple of comments where people, people just, they just don't fucking get it. And listen, this come, it's coming from a good place, right? But they just don't fucking get it, right? As they start arguing, oh, you know, I've got this and I work, I've got, you know, um, three kids and I work 12 hours a day and I work two jobs and I got to take care of my parents or whatever the fuck, right? And they just miss the entire point of the post where don't come at me with excuses that you don't have time. The whole point is, Whatever you're trying to justify not having time to do, the fact of the matter is, it's not a fucking priority. That being said, okay, yeah. And I know I'm doing a lot of talking, no, no, you go. But I like to. I just got to set this. Because I get fucking passionate about this topic, right? I want to add some practical and strategic advice to this, right? Because the post and kind of saying this and going, you know what? When, you, when you're about to say, I don't have time, pause for a second, say, I, I, it's not a priority. But the, the actual practical and strategic advice that I want to add is how to make the most of your 24, right? And that's another one of our sayings around here is make the most of your 24. We've all got 24 hours a day. Nobody has more time. Nobody has less time. Nobody has the ability to pause time or fast forward it or rewind it or do any of this shit right? We all have the same 24. The question then becomes, how do you make the most of your 24? And that's really where I want to take this episode is practical and strategic advice around prioritization, around making the most of your 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the whether understanding of what you're trying to get across comes unstuck is when people kind of... Uh, they don't have the same priorities as you, for instance, or they have a bunch of different non-negotiables to you. And that's where they kind of try and make the argument that they have less time because they've got more non-negotiables or more priorities or more commitments. Um, But, you know, it's a tricky one because uh, that, that that's their priorities and you've got your priorities. So, you know, that's almost trying to say to you that their priorities are more important than yours and that's why you've got more time. Mm. Um, so it, that, that's, I think, where people uh, miss the point of what you're trying to say. I've tried to understand it and I think that's where they're kind of missing the point. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And listen, at the end of the day, it comes down to what's important to you. Yeah, 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 exactly. What what do you choose to prioritize? And make no mistake about it, it's always a choice, right? You're never forced into a situation. You may have made decisions a bunch of years ago that have put you in the situation you're in, but they were your fucking decisions. They weren't someone else's. You had the choice. You made the choices. And now you're in a situation where you have priorities that perhaps they're not where you want them to be, but they are what they are. And listen, the first thing is there's no right and wrong when it comes to how you spend your 24. The way that I make the most of my 24 is not better or worse or equal to or more, more than or less than any other person, right? How you choose to spend your time is your fucking time. You can choose to spend it however you want, but understand that it's a choice. I think... The first step in this making the most of your 24 is this awareness piece 
right? That we've gone down, we're starting to go down this rabbit hole already, right? The awareness piece that, you know, your priorities, your priorities, your choices, your choices, no one's priorities are better or worse than anyone else's. Um, But at the same time, understanding that some people are just better at prioritizing and executing and using their 24 hours a day better than other people. Just black and white. Some people are better at it. You look at some of the highest achievers on the planet in different areas of life, in business, in fitness, in, the, in family life, in relationships, in their career, whatever the fuck, you can always seek inspiration from people that you're just like, man, where the fuck do they find the time to do all of that shit, to juggle all of those balls, to spin all of those plates, right? Some people are just really good at it. But that's not to say that you can't get better at it. Yeah. That's what we're doing here today. That's what we're doing, right? That's what we're doing. You need to get out of this fucking mindset of these bullshit excuses of I don't have time and you need to seek inspiration from people who are very good at prioritizing, very good at executing and very good at making the most of their 24. So what advice do we have? What practical and strategic advice can we give? Right think, from the are top. We gonna have, we might even have some different different things here because there is I'm, a bunch. There's I'm sure bunch. I'm sure that we will. And this is why I wanted to get you in on this pod, right? Because like I'm very good at prioritizing and executing certain things in my life, but you're better at certain things that, than I am, you know? And I'm better at other things than you are. So we can feed off each other. The viewers and the listeners can feed off us. Beautiful. And everybody fucking wins. All right. Um, my first piece of, of advice is to know your, know your prime time. This is a big one for, for me. So, um, now what is it? Is it the lark and the owls? If you're a lark, you're, you know, one of these early riser and you're productive and the owls are, and I think, I think the way it falls in, in society is like 10% of the population are larks mm. and like 20% of the population are, are, night, are owls, night owls, and the rest of us sort of fall in the middle where we're sort of most productive mid-morning and have that after-lunch lull and that kind of thing. They've done like a bunch of studies on it. But so firstly, I'd say know your prime time okay. um, and and work within, within that. Um, do your, you know, more taxing tasks. Um, during your prime time and know that, you know, the things like, uh, you know, the, the boring phone calls or the, you know, uh, mundane getting back to emails and stuff like that uh, happens in, in not in your prime time. Um, that's probably uh, one of my first bits of, of yeah, the advice. Yeah, the less psychologically demanding tasks. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, yeah, they exist for everyone. So I think on the, on the other end of the spectrum of that, I also like to identify when your downtime is. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So when, when are you most productive? When are you on? Like when are you, you know, firing on all cylinders? When are you in a position where you can eat the biggest frog, so to speak? That's Go and do time. that. Yep. Right? Yep. But within a 24-hour period, I think it's really important as well to identify where your downtime is. Mm-hmm. Right, and when when I when I use the word downtime, I'm not saying when you're you know not necessarily firing on all cylinders, but when you're doing things that just chew up time unnecessarily that you could do without. You know, some great examples are doom scrolling on social media. Right, how many minutes a day or hours a day, if you if you, you really get sucked into it, do you spend doom scrolling? 
Do you need to be doing that every 24 hours for an hour or 90 minutes or however it is? Because it chews a lot of fucking time, right? Another one is driving. So many of us spend so much time in transit, driving from one place to another. You might spend an hour and an hour and a half driving to work every day, an hour driving home. That's two and a half hours. That's 10% of your 24 every fucking day. So do you need to be doing that? Are there ways around that? Can you get something out of that downtime that you're currently not? Can you squeeze something out of it that you're currently not getting out of it? I think, you know, one of the things that I'm really big on is uh, keeping a daily diary, right? So from when, you, and, and from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night, every 30-minute block, how do you spend it? That's got to be one of the first things you do because if you don't have the awareness of how you're spending your time, how the fuck are you ever supposed to make the most of it? And I think so many of us have so much downtime in every 24-hour period that we're just not aware of. And I think keeping a diary and keeping yourself accountable to that diary, you're going to see these opportunities where, there are, where there's this downtime where you go, fuck, I didn't even realize I spent 30 minutes doing that. I didn't even realize I spent an hour doing that. Do I really need to spend that time doing that? Can I do it more efficiently? Can I use that time more productively? That's one of the first things. Keep a daily diary. Identify where your downtime is. Let's circle back to the eat the frog. Um, yes. Eat, eat the frog. Uh, what do you call that? Metaphor? It's a metaphor, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. It's, eat the, it's do the um, most difficult thing. Do the most difficult thing first. And I think this is important for a number of reasons. One of them was obviously your uh, motivation and, and your, um, like, so when you're most productive. Mm. So, you know, that's when you want to eat, eat, eat the frog. Um, but I also think doing that first in the day um, is, is really important for another reason. I think that reason is that, you know, we're not sitting here saying that we, you and I both know days don't go perfect. Never, they very rarely go exactly to plan and things can happen in your day that derail your plan for your day. So in, um, if you prioritize, you know, the eat the frog thing first, it's more likely that you're going to get that done before something can derail your day. Yes. So for some people who, you know, sit there and say, I don't, I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't have time for, you know, I don't even, I don't know, I don't have time to go to the dentist or whatever. Like I just haven't had time. Um, you know, schedule that for the first thing you do in the day, in the morning, because um, then there's, there's less of a chance that something's going to happen in your, in your day, um, that, that that's something that derails your day is going to stop that from happening. So. You know, the other uh, really kind of underlying and less obvious reason why it's important to do the most difficult thing early in the day mm -hmm. is because it sets the momentum of productivity. True. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you can, within the first hour or two hours of the day, do the most difficult thing, psychologically, you go, I'm, 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 I'm I've, already won, I've already won the fucking day. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm on fire. So what's next? Let's go. The momentum that you get from that is invaluable. Just on this, um, eating the biggest frog early in the day, when it comes to setting up your day. So one of the things that I'm a, a big advocate for is if you can do this the night before, so before you go to bed, is actually plan out tomorrow, right? Plan out tomorrow. What does tomorrow look like? And in particular, 
prioritize your priorities. So that biggest frog should be one of the first things you do, right? So I'm going to get up. Let's say you're one of these people that, you know, I don't have time to go to the gym. Guess what you're doing first thing in the fucking morning? You're going to the gym. That's your biggest frog. Get it done. No excuses, no bullshit, right? If you can get into the routine of doing that the night before, is planning the next day, figuring out what the top priorities are for the, for the following day and actually scheduling them into your day. That is going to be a huge step in the right direction of making sure that you prioritize your priorities, right? And you are allocating the time and the resources, psychological and whatnot, to getting those priorities knocked off. One of the things that I do, well, just following on from that, the second best thing you can do, if you can't do it the night before, right? Perhaps you, you don't want to think about tomorrow the night before you're trying to wind down and get some good quality sleep, whatever. First thing in the morning, right? You get up, plan a perfect day. One of the things that I do is I have what I call my daily accountability calendar, right? And this is, um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, I guess you can call it a modification on what is commonly known as the power list, right? And a lot of high-performance coaches use something similar to a power list. I think uh, the actual term power list was coined by Andy Frisella, um, one of the owners of First Form. That's the first place I heard it. So I've been using the power list for a number of years, and I've kind of modified it a little bit to what I call my daily accountability calendar. And what this looks like for me, this is what I set up the night before the next day, is it's got my three most important tasks or most important priorities. What are the three things that I need to get done tomorrow that if I do those three things, that's going to look like I've put a W on the board. I've won the day. One, two, three. Boom. What are they? Let's make sure they get prioritized. Then I have the biggest frog, right? I have the thing that's uncomfortable. I have the, the, the thing that's really going to push me right? And that's my uncomfortable task. So that's the number four thing or the number four priority, which usually sits actually above the first three tasks, as you've mentioned. And then I have uh, K, which stands for kind. So something kind that I'm going to do for me, random acts of kindness for other people when they're not expecting it is a priority for me. So I make sure I prioritize it. And that goes on my daily accountability calendar. So I have five things. I have the biggest frog, the uncomfortable thing, the three critical tasks, and then something kind for somebody else. And that's how I set up my day the night before. So I know exactly tomorrow, these are the five things. My day is going to work around making sure I prioritize those five things, making sure I get them done. Do I always get them done? Fuck no, I don't always get them done. But it puts me in, a, in, a, in the best possible position to make the most of my 24 to prioritize appropriately and do everything I can do to get those five things done. I think just on that point, something that I want to add is that, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but, but just to kind of flesh it out, is there's no shame in prioritizing different things, right? That's all we're saying at the start, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for example, we've used the, we've used the gym example a, a couple of times now, right? I don't have time to go to the gym. If going to the gym is not a priority to you, that's okay, right? That's completely fine. If something that is important to somebody else whose opinion you value 
is just not important to you. That's completely fine, right? And this is the whole point of this, of this not using the, the term, I don't have time, but instead using it's not a priority, is it's actually about what is fucking important to you, right? So if going to the gym, it's not that I don't have time to go to the gym, it's just not a priority to me, and you're comfortable with that, that's fine. Mm. There's no shame in that. It's all good. It's all good. What else have we got? More practical pieces of advice. I want to talk about the dichotomy of multitasking. Oh. I want to talk about… Well, allow me to speak. Yes. I'm a woman and we are great at multitasking. <laughs> this is funny because I was, I was talking with, uh, with my wife, Amy, this morning about this, about monotasking versus multitasking. Um, and the effect that it has on uh, prioritization and in particular productivity. So what you got with this one? Look, I, I think there's a time and a place to multitask. Um, but then I also think that uh, there is also certain times um, in the day and certain tasks that you need to be 100% in, um, you know, laser focused on. Um that where you don't you don't need to multitask, um, you know, the things that come to mind. Uh, like, but playing with your kids, I think that I don't think you should multitask um, when you're spending time with your with your kids. Um, yeah, so so that that I think there's a time and a place for multitasking. I think if you can do it in certain uh, times of your day with certain things, I think it's great. Um, but I wouldn't try and juggle too many things at once at any one time because I think um, your quality of work um, or output is going to diminish if you do that. This is where I draw the line, right? Is I, generally speaking, my default position is I'm not a fan of multitasking, right? I think trying to spin multiple plates at the same time, uh, you're just going to end up dropping all the plates. Trying to juggle multiple balls at the same time, you're going to end up dropping all the balls. So my default position is pick one task, go all in on that task, get the task done, and then move on to the next thing. It's my saying micro obsession, macro balance, right? On the micro, you're obsessed. You're 100% in on what you're doing at that point in time. And then you can step back. And on the macro, you can look at balancing all the other bits and pieces that you got going on, all those plates, all those balls, right? There are, however, situations where you're trying to make the most of your 24, where multitasking can be very, very valuable. And this ties back to identifying your downtime, right? And I used the example of driving earlier, right? If you spend an hour a day driving to work and an hour a day driving from work or taking, you know, driving the kids to basketball practice or, you know, whatever uh, the situation is, for most people, that driving is, for the most part, passive, right? We're not driving Formula One cars. We're driving from point A to point B. I don't know B. about you, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing my You drive best. a fast car though, see? <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best Lewis Hamilton yeah, through you these are. side streets. You are. Yeah, but you don't drive an hour to work either. You drive like seven minutes. Yeah, no. Um, but this is one of those, you know, wherever you, wherever you have a passive activity that you can do something else at the same time is where multitasking can be very valuable when it comes to making the most of your 24. So for example, 
driving to work in the morning, if you've got a bunch of phone calls to make, make the phone calls while you're driving. The perfect time to do it, yeah. Right? If you've got um, an audio book that you're working your way through, instead of listening to music while you're driving to work, listen to the audio book or listen to the podcast. You know, these sorts of situations where you keep your daily diary, you identify the 30-minute blocks or the hour blocks where you've got a lot of downtime and you're just not doing anything productive in that downtime. That's where you can slide in some of this multitasking to make sure that you are using the most of the 30 minutes or the hour or whatever it is. So that's kind of my one exception to the micro obsession to being all in on what you're doing. When you've got like a passive activity that you identify as something that just has to be done, but it's not particularly productive, go ahead and get some multitasking done in there. Do you have any other examples of where multitasking can be productive? Uh, not, not particularly. I mean, it, it kind of, yeah, no, no, not, not really, not really. I mean, you know, you can sort of, or you're cleaning the house is another another time where you yeah. can kind of passively, I guess, do a bit of that and and you know be actively you know playing an audio book or um, yeah. listening to the Fitness Times Business podcast. Listen, you know, yeah, like yeah. so 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 other sort of things like that. You know, driving is one example where you can kind of get something else in. But I think you know doing something like you know cleaning the house or doing your washing or you know those kind of things that are a bit more you don't they don't need your full full attention. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can kind of you know fit something else in. Yeah. Or doing your cardio. Yeah, yeah. No, doing your yeah, doing your low intensity seconds, steady yeah. state exercise, right? You don't just need to walk and just listen to shit, right? You can be productive at the same time. You're doing high intensity exercise, probably not so much because it's much more demanding. But this kind of, you know, passive type downtime type activity, you can multitask and pack more in there, right? I think the the Flip side of the reason why most of the time my default position is I'm not a big fan of multitasking is because I think when you're trying to do too many things that are psychologically intensive, or let's just say not passive, right, is it can kind of bleed into distraction, right? And this kind of ties back to an, an episode I did a little while ago, my productivity hacks, right, is one of my biggest productivity hacks is eliminating distractions. So things like when you're micro-obsessed, when you're going all in on a particular prioritized task, you need to do things like turn your emails off, turn your phone notifications off, turn your, put your, what did I do as soon as we came into this podcast? Yeah, your phone's Phone's gone off focus. Everything, it's on the floor and everything's fucking off. All right, I don't want distractions right? No media in the morning is a huge one of mine, right? Uh, And, you know, more holistically as well, the skill of meditation, of being able to, because we're going to get distracted from time to time, right? If it's not a phone call or an email or a, a social media notification or whatever the fuck, it's your own thoughts, right? You can be sitting there, wired in, monotasking, and then you start thinking about some shit and you're like, fuck, Now I'm thinking about some shit and I'm distracted, (laughs) right? And this is why I'm such a big fan of meditation because it gives you, teaches you the skills to be able to notice the thought, let it go and come back, right? Come back to what you're focused on. Come back to the monotask. What about purposeful downtime and rest? 
Because I think it's very easy to kind of take some of these, you know, practical and strategic advice and go, fuck, you know, I just got to, I got to be on all the time, you know, like I can't even take some downtime when I'm driving to work in the morning. These guys are like, I got to be listening no, to audio books. I got to be listening to podcasts. I got to be on a hundred percent all of the time. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes it can get lost in the, the make the most of your 24 is people think like, don't fucking sleep. No, right? that, is, uh, that was definitely got, not what we're saying. You got to be firing on all cylinders 24 hours a day, sleep when you're dead. Uh, you know, all that, all, it can very easily spiral into that. So what are your thoughts on like purposeful downtime and purposeful rest? That it, it's here. I've got it here on my notes, it, like sleep with like 10 E's. And an exclamation mark. You love your sleep. Um, I, I love it because I know that I need it um, to to get the most out of my 24. That That's one of my hacks. Like you, you can't, uh, you know, if you don't get those seven or eight hours of sleep, um, you're not going to be your most productive self, you know. Um, it's super important to, to, to get to bed at a reasonable hour. And, you know, the flip side of that, the great thing that comes from doing that is you, you get up and you get up, you know, and you get the best part of the day. The morning for me is, is the best part of the day. It's the most peaceful part of the day. Um, and if you get to bed at a reasonable hour, get those seven, eight hours of sleep and then, and then, and then get up and, and seize the day. Um, that alone is going to, alone is going to help you milk the most out of, out of your 24. There's a yin and yang to it, definitely, right? In order for you to make the most of your 24, right? Meaning prioritizing and executing and being as productive as you can possibly be in every 24-hour block, you need to have little pit stops along the way, right? We're talking about Formula One drivers a little bit in this podcast, but Formula One drivers don't drive for two hours without taking pit stops, right? They have little breaks, they refuel, they change the fucking tires, right? High performance works exactly the same way. You can't perform at a high level nonstop with no rest and no breaks. So the yin and the yang of making the most of your 24 is actually also prioritizing and also scheduling purposeful downtime and purposeful rest. That's actually, the Formula One is a great metaphor there because I don't know if some of the listeners have ever watched the F1, mm. but, you know, you often will see if they miss a tyre change mm. and, you know, they or they time it wrong and they're on their final laps and it's not, you know, they can't pit. They're fucked. Then, like, you see it. The car, like, they can't perform. Yep. They can't hit, they can't, you know, they, the car cannot uh, function in, in, in its highest performance way. So it's actually a perfect metaphor for what happens to us if we don't have our pit stops. Well, Formula One is the ultimate of high performance when it comes to motor racing, which is why I love it as a metaphor because we're trying to be the highest performances we can in our fitness, in our business, in our career, in our relationships, in our life. So it's a perfect metaphor because if these motherfuckers at the pinnacle of this particular thing, which is motor racing, understand the importance of having scheduled pit stops throughout a race, you got to have scheduled pit stops throughout the day as well, right? It's super, super important. But once again, get away from the multitasking shit, right? Don't try and have downtime while you're doom, doom scrolling through fucking social media, right? 
don't try and, uh, you know, sleep the least amount that you can possibly sleep without also giving thought to how you can improve your sleep quality, right? It has to be purposeful. It has to be prioritized and it has to be scheduled in because the more productive downtime you can have, the more productive uptime you can have when you're trying to get shit done, when you're trying to prioritize and execute. I'm going to give a little shameless plug. Oh, okay. Because we actually have a really, really valuable article on the massivejoes.com website. And the article is called Improve Your Sleep Quality. If you guys just hop on Google, literally type in sleep quality, Massive Joes, it'll be the first thing that comes up. And it is, it's about a five-minute read, right? And it is about how to improve the quality of your sleep. And in particular, there's five hacks in there about making sure that whether you, whether you dedicate six hours to sleep a night, eight hours to sleep, 10 hours to sleep, whatever it is, whatever suits your 24, whatever suits your schedule, you're getting the most out of that time. And the five hacks are, I'm not going to go into complete depth because I do want you guys to go check out the article. The first one is to avoid stimulants later in the day, right? That kind of goes without saying, right? If you're having a really strong coffee just before you go to bed, you ain't going to sleep well. I don't have coffee uh, after like lunch. Yeah. I have like my morning coffee and that is it. Yeah. Avoid stimulants and actually also avoid alcohol later in the day because you think that alcohol makes you sleepy and arguably it does. It's a depressant, but it actually negatively affects your sleep quality and in particular, your deep sleep, your rapid eye movement sleep. The second hack is to exercise early in the day, right? Get all of your high activity, physical activity done early in the day, not later in the day because it will have negative effects on your deep sleep. The third one is to implement a pre-bed routine. And there's some tips and tricks in that article about how to do that. The fourth one is to optimize your bedroom environment, which are things like... Cool room. Cool, dark, dark, no ambient noises, all those bits and pieces. And then the fourth one is use a good sleep supplement. And another shameless plug is coming because I think that so many of the listeners and the viewers are going to get so much out of this product, Night Ops. You love it. Well, you, you, we both love it. I think everyone who works here loves it, right? It's, it's, you know, if you have the first four of those hacks implemented, and once again, it's a supplement, it's not a substitute. So you got to do all the other shit and then you add it on top. It's going to help improve the quality of your sleep, like second to none. So I want you guys to go check that article out. Just Google sleep quality, massive Joe's. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of tips and tricks in there that are going to help you maximize your purposeful downtime and rest when it comes to improving your sleep quality. Cool. Cool, cool. What are your thoughts on, you know what? We take all this practical and strategic advice, right? We, 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 we improve our awareness by seeking inspiration from those who are really good at prioritizing and making the most of the 24. We keep a diary. We figure out where our downtime is. We figure out where our most productive time is. We make sure we eat the biggest frog. We make sure we're planning our day the night before or the morning of. We're prioritizing. We're scheduling shit in. We're focusing on monotasking when it's appropriate, multitasking where we can squeeze the juice out of passive exercises. We're purposefully scheduling downtime and rest. We got, we got this fucking plan, right? We've been taking notes for the last 35 minutes and we're ready to go. And then some unforeseeable shit happens. The kids get sick. The dog decides to eat fucking remote control batteries. 
<laughs> that happened to you. That's why. So that's just a random thing. That's <laughs> your um, parents are unwell, or whatever the situation, right? There's some unforeseeable shit that comes in that needs to go right to the top of your priority list, and everything else. This beautiful plan just needs to be pushed aside because you gotta you gotta deal with this shit right now. What do you do? Um, well, I've got you know. I've got written here and it's, I guess it's kind of on the, on the, on the topic of it. If you can't do a lot, do a little. And I think, you know, being stuck in that all or nothing mentality of, um, you know, writing off your entire day because it's been slightly derailed, uh, is, is kind of the wrong way to, to go about it. So I think, um, yeah, like I said, if you, if you can't do a lot, if you can't eat the frog, you know, do a little, get the little things done. Um, you don't have to complete, your day is not a complete mess um just because you know something's not gone exactly the way that you'd planned it in your um you you know your diary Mm. i think you know what and and this is really this is a lot of the time where people use this i don't have time you know a great one is like let's say you know you're late to uh, say you go to f45 and you you miss your f45 class because you know your kids woke up late or you couldn't get to your dog ate a remote <laughs> anything something like that happens and you go oh you know I can't you know that's it not going to get my training in for the day because I missed that one class like you can still you know you could still go for a walk you can still there's, there are other ways to you know adapt and 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 things like that in your day just if it hasn't gone exactly to your plan and this is where I see people use this excuse a lot, right? Is I don't have time because I got to deal with this and I got to deal with that. And then this happened and then that happened. And this fucking big story about, you know, how your 24 just got chewed up by all this unforeseeable shit. Shit happens, right? There's stuff that happens that is completely out of your control, that is completely unforeseeable, that can throw you for fucking six. It happens to all of us. We've all experienced it in the past. We'll all experience it in the future. The question then is, how are some people able to navigate the unforeseeables, get back on track and still make the most of their 24 and other people completely crumble at the sight of something that they didn't plan for? And I think there's a, there's a couple of tips and tricks that I can give here, right? The first one is understanding that there are times where you just have to accept things that you hadn't planned for, mm-hmm. right? You just have to accept that there's shit that's going to happen and it is what it is and it's going to throw you out for an hour or two hours or six hours or 10 hours or a whole fucking day, whatever, what, however it is. You just don't fight it. Just accept it, right? It is what it is. The question then becomes, how short can you make the refractory period from having your priorities thrown out of whack to dealing with what you need to deal with and getting back on track with what you originally had planned? And I think for the most part, that's what separates true high performers from people who are trying to be high performers, but kind of lose their shit when things don't go the way they want them to go. And it's something that I really struggled with when I was younger. Um, 
you know, I, I was very, you know, very analytical mind, very logical mind. This is what I'm going to do. This is what needs to be done. And as soon as like a spanner was thrown in the works, everything just fucking imploded. And I didn't know what to do. It's something I've gotten much better at as I've gotten older. Uh, because I understand that that is the crucial period, right? The crucial period is spanner's been thrown in the works. Let me deal with this shit. Now, how quickly can I get back to my list of priorities and start executing shit, right? And, and not fall into the trap of using the excuse of, oh, well, fuck, I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with that. And the whole day was ruined. And, you know, I just threw the rest of the 24 hours out the fucking window. I think that's super, super important. I think so too. I think so too. And I also think kind of ties in with that as well is being able to ask for help as well in that, in that, um, in that period when things seem like they're, they're derailed or, you know, it, when you find that you're just not having enough, uh, you're not meeting your priorities and, and I think just realizing that you can ask for help in certain aspects of, of what you're trying to achieve, um, is also a, a great way to get the most out of your day. Um, is, is just another one that I've got here. Mm. I think that's everything. Yeah, it, it pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple more here that I don't know if you will agree or not, but a couple more things that I think are important to me to get the most out of out of my day. Um, and I do circle back to this a lot, but out of order, inner calm. So having like a decluttered space. I think your pro- productivity in your day is going to be absolutely terrible if you're space that you were working within um, is a mess. Um, so I think that's that's quite an important one f- for me. Um, and another really important one for me is learning to say no. Um, I think having, you know, f- for someone who's always like a yes person, you know, yes, I'll, I'll fit that in today. And yes, yeah, sure. I can catch up. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yes, I'll take this phone call. And um, I think actually learning to say no um, and, and having those sort of boundaries are going to be really important to someone who is trying to um, achieve their priorities. I think, I think that's another, another big one and a hard one. A lot of people do struggle with that. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the, the hidden gifts of implementing something like a daily accountability calendar, yeah. right? Is when I implement, when I put those five things on that list, yeah. right? I will say, and you hear me all the time in the office, I say no to a whole bunch of shit, mm. right? Because I know that if I say yes, it's eating into my time to get those five things on my daily accountability calendar done. Right. But if you don't know what the five things are, you're going to say yes to all this different shit and you're going to be spinning your wheels and you're going to be super, super busy and not productive. So the saying no thing is, is huge. I think how you get to saying no is through the prioritization of what's really important and then anchoring yourself back in and going, no, this is the shit I need to get done. Let me get these important things done first. And while I'm working on them, I'm going to say no to fucking everything. And once I've done them, then I've got the capacity, the space, the resources to say yes to the other things. So that's huge. Talk to me a little bit about the decluttering of space. Look. (laughs) Because I, I, I intrinsically understand this. 
And I'm big on, you know, in uh, like our house at home is whenever there's shit all over the place, doesn't happen very often, but every now and again, there's a lot of stuff going on and and things get messy. Uh, It does kind of like give me a little bit of anxiety and I'm like, all right, we need to spend some time, babe, let's go. We need to like clean this shit and it needs to be like decluttered. Uh, You know, my desk at at work is, it's the first thing I do every morning. The last thing I do at night, it's got to be, you know, decluttered, right? Clean space. I know exactly where everything is. So I intrinsically understand that. But what what are the actual benefits there? Look, like it is it is a psychological thing, I think. It's very much um, you know, it's the whole it's even the whole make make your bed first thing in the morning. So so when you, you know, when you go into your room, your, your place where you have to get this sleep that we spoke about that is so important, you know, where you're going to start your day. Um, and it's such a small thing, but it makes such a massive impact. You know, you make your bed and your whole room suddenly looks clean, <laughs> you know? So look, I, I can't, I don't know if I can really explain it other than it. it yeah. Outer order, inner calm. That's like, there's a whole book on it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just think it's it's just super overlooked and so valuable um, to your to your pr- productivity and your mindset and 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 just how you kind of set everything up. It really sets the undertone to absolutely everything that that you're going um, out and achieving. I think there's probably some crossover between like monotasking and multitasking, and clutter and order. Right, because when you think about like psychologically, multitasking is very cluttered. There's a lot of shit going on. You're trying to do multiple things at once, whereas monotasking is very ordered. It's like, no, I'm going to focus on this, and then I'm going to focus on this. And so I think that there's a bit of crossover from the psychological difference between mono and multitasking and the physical order versus clutter. I think there's probably some crossovers. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think so. Good one. Yeah. Um, and the last one, you know, it's probably on topic because of, of who, who we are and what we do is just, you know, eat right and exercise, healthy body, healthy mind, you know, so important. Wow. You know, don't even get me started with that. I don't have time to eat healthy. Yeah. We could, we don't have another hour to spend, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, like, you know, uh, having those things as a priority and then, and actually seeing, seeing the benefits of, of, you know, a, a, a healthy diet and, and how that's going to um, affect your ability to be able to, you know, get your shit done. Huge. You know, and on a real basic level, if you're not fueling your body correctly, you know, of course you're going to be low on energy and low on, you know, what you need to be able to get stuff done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Big facts, big facts. Yeah. I think, you know, just to, just to close off, I, I really, I want you guys to try this. I really want you to give this a shot, right? And and the first few times you do it, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? And it's 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 going to be sharp-edged and it's not, probably not going to make you feel very nice. But it doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. Next time, you find yourself wanting to say, I don't have time or I didn't have time. Pause and say it wasn't a priority. Just, just, try, just try it, right? I didn't have time to go to the gym yesterday. No, 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 no. It wasn't a priority for me to go to the gym yesterday. I don't have time 
to cook a healthy dinner tonight. It's not a priority that I cook a healthy dinner tonight. Just try it, right? And see what happens in your own mind when you change from I don't have time to it's not a priority. And I think what it's really going to help you guys do is figure out what your priorities actually are. And I think that's probably why it's going to be uncomfortable because they're not going to be the priorities that ideally you want them to be. And that's completely okay because that's the first step. The first step is going in an ideal world, exercise is important to me. Eating healthy is important to me. Spending quality time with my kids is important to me. All of these things ideally that are important to me, cool, let's park it. Now, do your actions line up with your intentions? Does the way you use your 24 hours indicate that those things actually are priorities to you? Or are you just fucking with yourself? Because if you are, you can change it. But the first step is the awareness around, it's not I don't have time. The cold hard truth is, it's not a priority. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that sort of happens when you, when you start sort of vocalizing that. Um, I don't think I, I don't say it's not a priority. I often use the term, oh, it's, not, it's not important. Um, and it's funny because when you miss out on something that is actually important to you and you have to say that aloud, you have to vocalize that, it like kind of stings. Like, like, oh, but that is important and I probably need to do something about however that happened so it won't happen again. I do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're, you're like vocalizing is important. Yeah, don't huge. just say it in your head. No, no. Say it out aloud. Yeah. Put it into the universe. Right? I didn't exercise yesterday because it wasn't important to me. See if you do that again the next day. <laughs> I didn't eat healthy yesterday because it wasn't important to me. I didn't spend quality time with my kids or my wife or my husband because it wasn't important to me. Put it out into the universe. Speak it into existence because that's the fucking truth. And then you can go about, you know what? Fuck, that didn't feel very good. And now I can change it. I do it all the time. Yep. Still today, yeah, I do it same. all the time. Yep. And I'm disappointed in myself. But that motivates me to do better and become better and be better. But the first point is having that uncomfortable vocalization, that uncomfortable conversation with yourself. It's not that I don't have time. It's just not a fucking priority. That's like the number one hack out of this whole podcast. That's it. If there's one thing you guys take from this episode, that's it. That is it. Leah? Joseph? Thank you very much. Thanks, ma'am. It's been a wonderful chat. It has, yeah. Uh, I got some good uh, bits and pieces from you in this uh, episode, so thank you for that. That was a lot, yeah. yeah it was good. We'll definitely implement them. Guys, the one thing we ask in return, if you have enjoyed listening to this conversation between Leah and I, if you've taken some practical and strategic advice, which I hope you guys have, uh, if you've just enjoyed listening, you know, if, if listening has helped you make the most of your 24 because you've been listening while you're driving or listening while you're doing cardio or cleaning the house or whatever the fuck. The one thing we ask in return is that you guys share the show. Share it person to person. Uh, take a screenshot on your favorite podcasting platform. Post it in your Instagram story. Tag Leah at Leah Mansell with a H. Tag myself at Joseph Mansell also with a H. And uh, we like, well, PH technically. Uh, it's not with an F. 
Although back in back in the Polish <laughs> homeland, like it Josef, probably was. We love seeing those tags, guys, and we repost as many of them as we possibly can. Leah, thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. It's been a wonderful chat. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you enjoyed this episode and took some value from it, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you haven't yet, be sure to leave us a five-star rating.